Hi, everyone. It's Mark. I know that I say every episode is special, and it is, but this one's really special. Today, this week, we celebrate Juneteenth, and we do that by removing ourselves from the equation and handing the reins over to a guest host, someone we all know and love, Kayla Stewart, who talked with Stephen Satterfield and Adrian Cheatham. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Have you ever bought something, owned something that really inspired you to up your game? A tennis racket, a new pair of running shoes, a new piece of cooking equipment that made you just want to cook your brains out? I know that when I first started cooking on induction burners, I just couldn't stop. It was so much fun. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of the features that are available on this car include Dynamic Sky Panorama Glass Roof, Front Row Massaging Seats, you know you want that, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, which you will want when you check out the Multi-Terrain Select. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. We're all drinking more water these days, and we're all concerned that we're drinking safe, clean, unpolluted water. Yet, according to our friends at the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in the United States have harmful contaminants in their tap water. That's why it's worth checking out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. They remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, you know, those forever chemicals in your water supply. PFAS, by the way, is found in almost 45% of U.S. tap water. AquaTrue has water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. Their proprietary purification technology is independently tested to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAS, nitrates, and many, many others. The filters are affordable and long-lasting, and they do not need changing every two or three months like so many others. They last from six months to up to two years. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water, less than three cents a bottle. 
Plus, you won't be buying bottled water, and it'll save the environment from tons of single-use plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and makes a great gift. Today, listeners to Food with Mark Bittman receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code Bittman at checkout. For 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier, go to AquaTrue.com and use the promo code Bittman, B-I-T-T-M-A-N. Here's Kayla. When the Bittman team asked me if I wanted to host a Juneteenth episode of Food, I was thrilled. As a born and raised Texan, Juneteenth is a holiday that's integral to my heritage and to my personal perspective of Black history and Black futures. In 2021, Juneteenth became a federal holiday, but its history dates back to 1865. It's when African Americans in Texas, who should have been freed when the Emancipation Proclamation was issued in 1865, finally found out the truth. All of their efforts towards liberation had finally paid off, and white slave owners could no longer illegally hold them captive. Newly freed African Americans celebrated their first Juneteenth celebration the following year, setting off an annual tradition that asks us to think about race, liberation, and continue our ongoing movement towards true freedom. To me, there is no liberation without joy, so I love that the holiday also demands a celebration largely centered around Black food. I knew that I wanted to explore the modern-day understanding and celebration of Juneteenth through food, but then I had to decide who to reach out to, who I felt would best embody the sort of show I had envisioned, and who better to do that than Stephen Satterfield and Adrian Cheatham. Stephen Satterfield, as many of you know, has been on food before, in a much-loved conversation with Mark. He is a food writer, multimedia producer, and the founder of Whetstone Media, which produces content dedicated to telling the story of food from a global anthropological perspective. He's also the host of Netflix's award-winning docuseries, High on the Hog, a show about Black food in America, and recently started Whetstone Radio, a collection of original podcasts focused on global foodways. And Adrienne Cheatham, she's a much-celebrated New York City-based chef who competed on season 15 of Top Chef and finished in second place. After college, Adrian attended the Institute of Culinary Education and then spent eight years at Le Bernardin, eventually becoming the executive sous chef. She went on to work for Marcus Samuelson, where she was ultimately the chef de cuisine of the Marcus Samuelson group. Now she has her own cookbook and is the founder of Sunday Best, a pop-up series held in secret locations around Harlem. I was especially interested in Stephen's perspective on how celebrating Juneteenth by way of food can jumpstart important conversations about liberation and civic engagement, as well as action within Black communities. And with Adrienne, I wanted to talk about her incredible cookbook, Sunday Best, which I love, and to chat about the link her recipes have to celebrations like Juneteenth. I'm so excited to chat with these two remarkable people, and I hope you learn as much as I did from our conversation. First of all, I'll kick off by saying thank you so much. I can't think of a better holiday than Juneteenth to be with both of you. We're here for Juneteenth, this really incredible holiday that acknowledges when enslaved people in Texas um, were notified of emancipation. And so given the significance of this holiday, for you both personally, why is it such an important day of celebration and observation uh, for you? Well, for me, it's like my dad grew up in Mississippi and he was born 
and lived there around the time that Emmett Till was murdered. And for him to grow up in a setting like that, in a time like that, in a place like that, and then become part of the migration and come to Chicago, that was very much a part of our annual holiday celebration. Juneteenth was not something that like was foreign to us. We just knew that nobody else really knew what it was. And then going to a black college, it became a bigger deal. And I'm glad that it's, it's nationally recognized now because this literally is America living up to its promise or trying to, you know, trying to by, by freeing slaves two years after the document was signed. But, you know, nonetheless, people were finally notified. And this should be a big deal for all of America because if we are really the land of the free and the home of the brave, this is the first step in acknowledging that we need to have these conversations to actually live up to our ideals. It's not actually a holiday that I grew up with as a Black person from Georgia. And especially, you know, my mom's side, fifth generation. So I have very deep roots there. But as I understood it, it was a Black Texas thing. That was sort of, you know, my earliest introductions to it. And over the last few years, maybe like five years, I don't know, it seems to have really become more central in the lives of Black Americans or Black United Stations. And um, I embrace that. I like that um, because ultimately we're talking about a liberatory holiday, a celebratory holiday. And what we are celebrating is the promise of emancipation, of freedom. And so it is perfectly reasonable to see why Black folks have so quickly and enthusiastically rallied around this day of celebration, of freedom. And yet, even as that happens, was happening concurrently and just as swiftly is the co-optation of and the commercialization of this holiday as well. And so I love Juneteenth. And if we are here to talk about it, you know, one of the things that I would want to talk about is how we need to find ways as Black folks, as educators, scholars, teachers, entrepreneurs, be committed to the keeping of the culture and the spirit of this holiday so that it is not just go down the path of everything else that starts out for us that ends up being exploited for profit. So yeah, that's my Juneteenth thoughts. That's a really interesting point that you brought up, that it is a Texas holiday, but somehow we were still aware of it with my dad's family in Mississippi. And they were like, oh, this is the day the slaves are freed. I'm like, well, what about the Emancipation Proclamation? Wasn't that the day? They're like, no, none of us are free until we're all free. And I was like, interesting. So two years later, and I initially thought that it was plantations in Mississippi that didn't tell their enslaved populations for two years. I found out in my teens that it was Texas. And then going to a Black college, I learned more and more about it. And it does feel like, to Stephen's point, like we all, it's like we didn't have enough time with this holiday before it got, got. <laughs> and 
You know, I want to ask you both about that a little bit because you have different, both of you have roots in the South, but very different experiences with your initial kind of uh, venture into Juneteenth celebration. So can you both speak a little bit about, you know, Adrian, what Juneteenth was like when you first started celebrating it and how it's evolved? And Stephen, same for you, you know, what your, one of your first celebrations looked like and how that's changed over time. For me, it was, if it fell on a weekend, it was acknowledged. If it fell during the week, it was just kind of like, oh, by the way, it's Juneteenth. And it's like, okay, but a lot of times it kind of just flew under the radar, you know, and it would be something that like, you know, my great aunt in Mississippi, who's now 97, would be like, oh, you know, in passing, kind of like happy Juneteenth. But unless it fell on a Sunday going to church or like a Friday fish fry, it was largely unacknowledged. And then in... At FAMU was when it became a bigger deal. At FAMU, there were so many people from Texas and other places around the South who had people whose families had survived Tulsa. So, you know, there were so many people who it was a bigger deal to them and their families who celebrated it more strongly than we did in Chicago or even in Mississippi. So the celebrations were still tied in with whatever was going on. It really wasn't its own standalone celebration, maybe like one year at FAMU, like my junior year. But other than that, it was largely just like, oh, there's a Friday fish fry and it happens to be Juneteenth. So it's a Juneteenth fish fry, you know, but other than that, it was so unacknowledged by the outside world that even a lot of black people weren't celebrating it because a lot of us didn't know the full history behind it or that much information. We hadn't heard about it or been taught it anywhere. It was just kind of like tribal knowledge that gets passed on if you're lucky. I think for me, I really couldn't even tell you the first time Juneteenth came on my radar. I don't have a specific consciousness around learning about the holiday. An interesting thing about me and and my life and my livelihood really is that Once I did start to think about Juneteenth in the lexicon of Black American culture, then I started to become a student of the holiday. And so I was reading and researching and kind of making connections around Black identity as I do. And so I started to share some of these insights in community, online, etc. And then Next thing you know, hey, Stephen, you want, can you come um, share some of those bars, you know, about Juneteenth? So it's like, I'm happy to oblige because we're here to talk about, again, preservation of our own cultural heritage and so on. I just think about it as like, when was Kwanzaa first brought in, into my life, you know? But when did I first understand the significance of red, black, and green? You know, I mean, there's some things that just as cousins and kinfolks are just absorbed, you know, so we know, oh, yeah, I have some cousins in Texas. I know they do be celebrating Juneteenth, actually, but like, I couldn't tell you exactly what that is. But like, yeah, it's like it has something to do with like this emancipation over there for black folks and our cousins in Texas. You know, that's really how I thought about Juneteenth, which is just like it's family business for our Texas cousins. And then it became a thing where it's like, oh, they're, you know, we're giving some shape to this occasion, to this date. And I think it's natural, again, because we're talking about an opportunity for a reclamation opportunity for Black 
culture and black liberation, we have a chance to point back in history and say like, yo, we have a whole occasion and a tradition around this day and this occasion that we celebrate. Of course, black folks, we ready to get in line for that. We need more of those holidays actually. And so um, I understand like how and why, you know, sort of the enthusiasm around the holiday has been building in community year over year. Almost it feels like ex- with exponential impact. I understand that part, but I couldn't really tell you how it first came into my life or on my radar. It feels almost like just that type of unspoken knowledge that we have that's just like in our skin and kin. Stephen, so much of your work explores getting at the truth behind Black American foodways and disrupting these systems that negatively impact Black freedom. Kind of going back to what you were talking about earlier with this appropriation of the holiday and kind of it entering the marketplace. How does Juneteenth create a renewed opportunity to do the work that you do and to talk about the issues that are important to you? hundred percent. I love, and that's also why I've fallen in love with it. My first friend who was really, I felt a great scholar of this holiday from a culinary perspective, which is how I'm in relationship to the world, um, is Nicole Taylor. You know, when I was starting to maybe 10 years ago, not only look at the historical significance of the holiday, but as I make connections through food specifically, I was like, who's out here in my world making these types of connections? And also reading people like Frederick Douglass, Opie, obviously Dr. J, you know. So again, I had some exposure to this from a academic perspective or, or scholarly perspective, I guess, independently. And so for me, what I've really fixated on is the opportunity for us to not only look at the food traditions of this day, because actually Juneteenth is one of those occasions where I didn't have to try to convince the culture about the relevance or importance or the presence of food in the dialogue, because this is a, a liberation holiday, because we're talking about Black people. Like, we immediately understood the grilling element, the outdoor element, the picnic element. Like, again, this is stuff we just, we just cellularly know that, right? So I'm like, okay, y'all actually, we're good on the food thing. We know how central that is to the holiday. Now, what I really focus on talking about, Juneteenth, is how it is a great reminder for us as a people to be participants in our own liberation practice. Every time I talk about Juneteenth, this is like my Juneteenth stump speech, so I just got to get it in there. But basically, you know, the, the narrative that this decree was issued by General Granger on the white horse coming in saying, guess what? Y'all are free. It's not real. And it actually takes away our agency in this story. What actually happened is that the union had established a dominant political position based on their success in the battlefield. That success in the battlefield was made possible by Black people taking up arms, by people like Frederick Douglass being like, if y'all trying to get up out of here, we could grab the strap right now and put this uniform on. 
And that leverage position that was gained as a result of Black people taking up arms, that's where the liberation actually came from. And I'm not talking about we need to be enlisting in, in the army. If you're interpreting that, you've missed the message completely. I'm talking about what does it mean in 2022 to grab the strap? And so when we do the retelling of the story around food, around this holiday, we need to understand that the freedom decree, yeah, you've passed that information along to us, which should have been passed along two years prior. And that's actually fucked up. But around the liberation stuff, no, we were free. And even the people who didn't pursue liberation or weren't able to pursue liberation with that strategy or path in particular, we're free. And so I just always want to name that, especially again, as these holidays get further and further away from us, I don't want to end up in a place where the benevolence of a white man or Abraham Lincoln or this emancipation document is actually what gave us our freedom. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I, there are so many gems to take from that. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, folks. A word from our friends at Made In. Did you know that most of the dishes in Tom Colicchio's craft restaurant are made in, made in pots and pans? The braised short ribs, made in, made in. The Rohan duck, made in, made in. The heritage pork chop, you got it, made in, made in. Which isn't surprising. Made in has been supplying top chefs and restaurants with high-end cookware for years. For the simple reason that made in makes exactly what demanding chefs are looking for. Their carbon steel cookware, for example, combines the best of cast iron and stainless steel, gets super hot, and is rugged enough for grills or an open flame. Best of all, Made In is sold online, so their professional-grade cookware is far more affordable than other iron brands. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes on menus all around the world have in common. They're Made In, Made In. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from the 18th until the 27th. Visit MadeInCookware.com. That's MadeInCookware.com. Thanks. Have you ever bought something, owned something that really inspired you to up your game? A tennis racket, a new pair of running shoes, a new piece of cooking equipment that made you just want to cook your brains out? 
I know that when I first started cooking on induction burners, I just couldn't stop. It was so much fun. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of the features that are available on this car include dynamic sky panorama glass roof, front row massaging seats, you know you want that, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, which you will want when you check out the multi-terrain select. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hi folks, we have a new sponsor and an interesting one. We all take about 20,000 breaths a day, and Americans spend about 90% of our time indoors. That indoor air that we breathe can be up to 100 times more polluted than outdoor air, according to the EPA. And indoor air pollutants can cause respiratory symptoms like sneezing, congestion, scratchy throat, and even more serious health problems like lung and heart disease. So, what's the solution? Introducing Air Doctor, the air purifier that filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so your lungs don't have to. This includes allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code BITMAN. B-I-T-T-M-A-N, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to our listeners, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com. That's A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the promo code BITMAN. We're all drinking more water these days, and we're all concerned that we're drinking safe, clean, unpolluted water. Yet, according to our friends at the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in the United States have harmful contaminants in their tap water. That's why it's worth checking out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. They remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, you know, those forever chemicals, in your water supply. PFAS, by the way, is found in almost 45% of U.S. tap water. AquaTrue has water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. Their proprietary purification technology is independently tested to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAS, nitrates, and many, many others. The filters are affordable and long-lasting, and they do not need changing every two or three months like so many others. They last from six months to up to two years. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you won't be buying bottled water and it'll save the environment from tons of single-use plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and makes a great gift. 
Today, listeners to Food with Mark Bittman receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code Bittman at checkout. For 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier, go to AquaTrue.com and use the promo code Bittman, B-I-T-T-M-A-N. You mentioned that we know, you know, that food is is important and we do, but I do to your point, you know, Nicole Taylor has talked a little bit more specifically about Juneteenth food, but why is food such an important part of, of Juneteenth? Why is it kind of, you know, that central feature of the celebration for Black folks? I think anytime people are coming together to celebrate something, it's going to involve food. That's it's going to be that's going to be the touchstone that brings people together. And especially in and this is, again, I'm learning more about the holiday as the years go on. It's something I had heard about the same as I had heard about watch night. That was a thing in the north that we talked about a lot um, for, you know, New Year's night was also called watch night. And I didn't know what that meant until years later, watching out for the Union soldiers who were reading the little pamphlets of the Emancipation Proclamation. and that was interesting to find out. But anytime people are coming together, especially to celebrate something, and during that time was a time of general poverty. And if I can provide one dish to feed 10 people, Stephen's going to bring a dish. Kayla's going to bring a dish. So we're all going to come together and nourish each other and feed each other with whatever we have on hand. I'm not going to try to make 10 different things. I'm going to make one thing to feed everybody that I can. And that became part of why people were coming together was just to share food, share resources, share fellowship, share the spirit of what we're thankful for. And that's the real like Thanksgiving for Black people is like coming together with what you have and what you can share with other people. And they're, they're going to share with you also. And from my understanding, because I've been doing you know more research over the past few years, other outlets will, hey, we need a Black person to talk about Juneteenth. And this started for me about four or five years ago. And I'm like, okay, great. Y'all are now hip to it. And then, like Stephen said, it just grew exponentially. So instead of one request a year, I would get two. And I'm like, why have I not seen anything about Juneteenth in my entire life until the past five years in a mainstream sense? And it was always focused on the food because that was even in, in all of my research, that was kind of the earliest celebrations were in Texas, like cooking a whole hog for, for a side of beef or whatever you could to feed as many people. And then other people would bring more dishes to share with the community and everybody would have this one day together to be in fellowship and just sharing the resources that they had. I have no follow-ups. I think that's exactly right, Jeff. Adrian, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up with you again because I'm I'm just gonna list this. I mean, yuzu bread pudding, sweet tea granita, collard green kimchi, pills and red beans and rice. I mean, it took everything for me to not just start like cooking immediately, knowing I had to like leave town. But your your recipes are just the book is incredible. So first of all, congratulations. But what I love about the book is is that you say that at the core is this deep sense that everyday moments should be appreciated, celebrated, and made special for those that you love. 
What are some of the recipes that are going to allow you to do that this Juneteenth? I mean, there's so much. It could be like sour cream cornbread. It could be, you know, things that are in the book, but also things that are not. Like, it's only, it's been very recent that I will publicly embrace watermelon. I just, I just have a thing about it. I'm sure a lot of people do. I'm not the only one, as evidenced by the Curb Your Enthusiasm episode of this past season. But there are so many things that could celebrate. And I think at the core of American cuisine, which is something that I try to talk about in the cookbook, is that it's always been a coming together of different cultures. Africans were brought to America and built this nation literally from the ground up. Agricultural ways, food ways, economic ways, like literally Black people created the cuisine of America learning from indigenous Americans, learning from indigenous Americans from Mexican areas and folding in ingredients from different cultures that came, Irish, German, Italian, French, but everything passed through the hands of black people in the South. And that is how we have American cuisine. And anybody who thinks that their culture in another country didn't take something from here back, like that's how we have polenta in Italy, corn, and tomatoes came from the U.S. And all these things came full circle coming back to the U.S. And you could literally pick anything, pick any recipe in the book, pick any recipe in the Coles book and celebrate everyday moments. And if you look into any dish that's part of American culture, frying is a cooking technique that came from West Africa. And you'll see the history in any American dish You can look through the components and see the cultures that brought that here. And that is celebration. That is acknowledging the people who didn't get love for the work that they did and honoring them by saying, thank you for your contribution. Thank you for contributing to to me being able to cook a private dinner tonight. I am here because of people who have built wealth, who have built agriculture, who have built systems that created a nation. And I mean, literally everything is celebration. I mean, I've heard that as from a child growing up, you know, it's literally I, happiness is a choice and I wake up every day grateful for the opportunities that I have. I, I grew up spending summers in Mississippi with family who, who lived in poverty and they lived in the rural areas of Mississippi, not just in Jackson in the city, but also in Terry, Mississippi. So I wake up every day incredibly grateful acknowledging what I have and what it took generations before to get me here. So everything that I cook is a celebration, whether it's for Juneteenth or just for a Wednesday, it's all celebration. Love that. I love that. I will, I will definitely be celebrating with many of these and your cooking suggestions. You know, I would imagine for both of you, people are primarily looking to you for food, right? They're looking to you for, for recipes and for history and suggestions. With regard to the general public, what are you hoping that people take away from the coverage and the celebrations and the various things around Juneteenth? And I mean, by people, I mean kind of the general public when people are really trying to embrace this holiday. What do you think? hope that they take away this year? Again, the holiday, it is a holiday for Black people. It is. And it doesn't mean that we don't want the day off or that y'all are welcome for the day off. But I just don't want to lose that. Even when, if you don't know anything, if you do a Google search of Juneteenth 
and then the the SEO that pops up is Walmart. That's not good. So what I want is those of us who are in positions where we become the guardians by proxy of this holiday, that we just always maintain that energy that this is a holiday that is now rightfully being celebrated and observed by the entire nation. However, the origins of this day and the spirit of this day and the celebration of this day, so the culture of the day is about Black people and Black liberation, and that's what I don't want to lose. I want people to not lose that. That's beautiful, because that is honestly what it's about. And, you know, even doing research and stuff and talking about it and things, it's good to keep that at the center, even as a Black person. Like, I do think about it like everybody should be excited about this. Everybody should be happy about this and should see that holiday as a huge marker in American history. But that's true. It should be centering the people who the holiday liberated. And it should also, I want people to use it as a conversation. Like if, you, if you're not celebrating this holiday, you have the day off, you know, like Stephen said, you're welcome from our ancestors for that. And what you should be doing is using it as a conversation. If there's somebody in your household who has these deep-seated hatred and views that crept up in Buffalo, this should be the year that people engage in those conversations. You don't have to celebrate the holiday. You don't have to make barbecue. You can if you want. But more importantly is have these conversations with your people and your family and use that as a jumping point to understand Black people a little bit better and why things are the way that they are. Thank you both. I I feel like I've learned so much. This is always my favorite part of my job um, from you both, as I always do. I have a question for you, Kayla, as a Black Texan, because, you know, I know that I feel a way. I'm like, y'all are on our corner, but how do you feel? <laughs> and, and, and when did this holiday first come up for you in your life? Yeah, a great question, uh, which no one has really asked me. Yes, I grew up celebrating Juneteenth. And so to give you some context, my parents are from Baton Rouge. So I and my siblings and I, they, they raised us in Texas. And so... They have a very, you know, Louisiana orientation, but our history is, you know, very much so growing up in Texas and Black Texas. But it was a thing, you know, we had, it was, I'm telling you, Miller Outdoor, which is this park in Houston. It was all, we would go there, parades, performances, churches, you know, school, just everyone. The food was there, the fried chicken, the red drinks, the watermelon, the green, just, it was just, it was a blast. It was hot as ever, but it was always a good time. And the interest it had, I will say, watching it become this huge holiday, knowing that as a child, my mom was kind of like, she wasn't against July 4th. Like we celebrated July 4th too, but she was very much so this is our freedom day. Like very much so this is wanting us to know that history and having that history there. We did not learn about it in school. I would say at school, I probably didn't really hear about Juneteenth until high school. But yeah, as a five-year-old, knew it, would tell my friends about it. It's been very interesting to watch it take off. It's, you know, I love the South, but there is this part of me where it's like, it's a Texas thing. 
but I appreciate it. And I, of course, want people to know, and I want, you know, living in New York now, I want people to celebrate. I want Black people to engage with it, to love it, to find their own ways to celebrate. I'm loving seeing the press around Nicole's book, you know, getting to talk to her about her book was fabulous and, and it's beautiful. But yeah, of course, anytime I see Black people coalescing around our traditions and our values, even if we didn't grow up with them, like it makes me feel as chaotic and awful as this world can be. It makes me feel like something good is happening. That's good. Thank you for lending it out to us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing your holiday with us. Of course. Of course. Thank you both so much. Again, I know you both are so busy. It's such an honor to speak with you both and to see your faces. Bye, everyone. Ciao. Bye, guys. The ways in which Black Americans celebrate Juneteenth have evolved, and they will continue to shift in future years, too. Stephen and Adrian make me so excited about what's possible for our community and the role Juneteenth celebrations play in our quest towards true freedom across the United States. They also remind me that Juneteenth is a time to celebrate, relax, and enjoy some good food. Thank you so much to Stephen Satterfield and Adrian Cheatham for their time and a wonderful, thought-provoking conversation. You can follow Stephen on Instagram and Twitter at ISAWSteven. And you can follow Adrian on Instagram at Chef Adrian Cheatham and on Twitter at ACS underscore kitchen. Adrian's book, Sunday Best, is out now. And we've got her pills and red beans and rice recipe up on the Bitman Project for you. Be sure to check out Whetstone Radio and the Apple Podcast app as well. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.